I think the programs on Monday and Tuesday of this week got a lot of attention from many of our listeners. I think we need to maybe share some more today. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. On Monday and Tuesday of this week, I had the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales as my guest for both programs. He's been on a few times since we began this new work called Truth to Ponder. Dr. Timothy Gales, what I like about him, he spends his time doing a tremendous amount of research. He wears a couple of hats, but one is being kind of a researcher, along with being someone that has studied church history and how the early church functioned. And he's studied the scriptures for many, many years, so he's a great resource when you look at this very confused world in which he and I and you, all of us, are living. This world is so different today than anything I can ever remember in my entire life. I've never seen anything like what we've been going through in this year of 2020. It started out fine, then the pandemic, well, we weren't sure. Then it got bad, then two weeks to flatten the curve, and and now 200 days uh, to flatten the curve, and we're still talking about it in politics. There's a lot going on in this world. Almost too many moving pieces at times to keep track. We have people living in abject fear that should not be if they call themselves followers of Christ. We have people today doing things they never would have done two years ago. Is it politics? What is all this strangeness in our world? Dr. Timothy Gales, what say you? For the first time, um, or at least for the first time in a large way today, Bob, we're looking at, in America, people, governors, mayors, actually telling people to snitch on one another for their own good, of Mm -hmm. course. Um, When did you think you'd ever hear that in this country? And yet people are. They're calling. They're ratting out neighbors. They're because of fear. And every single totalitarian regime out there, especially in the past, used fear Mm -hmm. as a method of compliance. And people complied because they do. of fear. They do. You know, one of, one of the and, things, that, and, and the media has been very complicit in, in this, and, and I'm going to get to that in just a moment, some things that I've been reading and looking at. But fear is a great motivator, and it's being used against our own people, but not necessarily for our own good. This is what I'm concerned about. Right. And I think the deception that we're being told is that it is for our own good. Mm-hmm. But in your gut, the gut check of an American, okay, you know you're not supposed to be snitching on your neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, even even little gang kids know the, the phrase, you know, snitches get stitches, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you, you learned that when you were in grammar school on the playground. The fact is, we don't do that to one yeah, another. I mean, you're look, but, but it's happening. You're looking around the world, uh, insanity-like, I saw my neighbor in their backyard not wearing a mask outdoors. And yep. this is the kind yep. no, this is the kind of stuff we're talking about snitching. We're not talking about 
you know, child pedophilia, you know, or something like that going on in the neighborhood. No, we're talking no. about, we're talking about. Well, this person was in a car without a mask. In some pl- in some places, yep. you got to wear the stupid thing in your car, and they don't. Yeah. And, and they always keep trying to find that one story, that one story of why a mask will work, and they really can't prove it even with the stories they're giving. Let me give you one I ran across this past weekend about this uh, health uh, director person from a university, and I'm trying to remember the state now. It's funny. Oh, t- Kentucky. The gal died of coronavirus, and she was a great mask advocate. So that's the headline. You know, a health director in Kentucky or some kind of job like that dies of the coronavirus, and she was an advocate of wearing a mask. Okay, so we do a little bit of study. When did she get this virus and when did she die? Which makes me a little bit, and I'll explain in a moment, she got the virus back in early May. And she died four and a half months later. Now, that's not how this normally plays out with anybody, friends. This virus does not stay with you for four months. It just doesn't. It normally, if you're going to die because of other your other issues, you're looking at, what, three to six weeks, not four months. Yep. I've never heard of four months until this one. But that's toward the end of the article. So it's like we all have to wear our face covering or we're all going to die attitude. And this is disturbing to me because the numbers aren't there. This week, I look every day, you look at the uh, various numbers, and I go state by state, region by region, how many new infections, and then you look at how many people have died. Then you try to look at the chart offset by about three weeks to see if a spike you'll always see generally like with the, in the early days, the rise in right. cases, about three weeks, the rise in deaths, and there's like that two to three week lag. Well, I'm looking at some places around the world, and I'm looking at some states, even like New York, where the virus ran through. It is like a pathogen. It takes a path, believe it or not. And mm-hmm. it ran through New York, and it ran through a lot of states. You know, my wife saw headlines about some this or that up in the Northeast, it turns out it's an old story that got recycled and and appears in your feed. And if you don't read carefully, you find out these stories are four months old or five months old. Right. And right. It, there's right. like a manipulation going on here about some party up here and everybody got sick and, and some people died. Right. And, and then you look and wait a minute, that was four months ago, five months ago. It's not happening right. now. It's Correct. hard to find but those stories. Still, here, here's the thing. Here's the level of deception, right? If you look at Google itself, which we always search for information. Mm-hmm. I don't. You can, put, you can put in any three-digit number right now, mm-hmm. follow, followed by the phrase COVID. new cases. No, new cases. New cases. And it will generate an article from somewhere. If I put in 666, it would say... 666 new cases in Timbuktu, Arizona were discovered mm-hmm. yesterday. Yep. I mean, anywhere. So it's rigged. It's a rigged numbers mm-hmm. game. They're looking for By it. the tech companies. And that fear and these type of manipulations and rigging of the system and censorship and all of these things are changing the behavior of people. 
Mm-hmm. It Absolutely. Is, it is constraining us to be frightened, to turn one another in, to form divisions. And these divisions are not just, you know, Democrat, Republican. You have people in homes divided now over this issue, family members, friends. Uh, there's a lot of division. And we know God is mm-hmm. not the author of that. Absolutely. Right? The only division God sees as good is light from darkness, truth Mm -hmm. from error, okay? These are the good from evil. Those divisions are okay. So, So we're seeing a lot of that happen right now. And people are asking, well, where do we go? As a matter of fact, I had a friend yesterday say to me, you know, I think the real target in all of this has been the church. Mm hmm and uh-huh. I said, especially in the big you know cities, what? you're right. Especially yeah. in the big cities. Yep. I said, I think you're right. Oh, yeah. The churches are constantly being told what they can and can't do, how to do it, when to do it. More so than anybody, more so than anybody else. I mean, any That's other right. organization, you know, we're talking about some of this media manipulation and we're all I want to just give you an, and also some of the weird stories that come out that don't make scientific or common sense. They don't meet the smell test. Back in 1976, I was a young radio announcer, now reporter for a pretty good-sized radio station in Atlanta, Georgia. I was one of the, you know, young cub reporters. I'm in my 20s. I'm, you know, fresh out of of college kind of guy. You know, I studied, did my mass media communication studies and living in in a bigger city now. And one of the places that I had a great respect for back in the 1970s was a place that right. I had visited occasionally. You know what I'm talking about? The Center for mm-hmm. Disease Control in Atlanta. And uh, at the, and so I knew where it was. I had been there. And it was quite an operation. And it was all full of dedicated doctors and researchers and people working on PhDs. And they really cared about disease, like stomping out you know polio back in the 50s and and i mean they were really right. concerned and 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 i had a great respect for them but now you find out that a tremendous amount of their budget in recent years has had nothing to do with medicine nothing to do with disease they've been spending right. untold millions on gun control because they think it's their purview now to regulate guns and every and just social behavior that has nothing to do with disease so when people say, yep. well, President Trump cut their budget, yeah, he cut their political activism budget, but not their disease and control stuff. And the, and this, yep. this director of the CDC, to me, is a very nefarious and very dangerous individual, in my opinion. Hugely so, hugely so. And the other thing we have to remember, too, the CDC actually owns patents for vaccines. That's right. So would you think that they have a vested interest in that then? Mm-hmm. You and, bet. and so you when, bet. when that director came out about a week, a little over a week ago, I want you to remember, he sat there and he, he had in his hand his little... $1.50 paper mask you can buy at Walmart for $1.19. Right. It's like, no, no, you get two of them for like $1.19 in this little pack. And of course, made in China, by the way. Notice they are right. made in China. But you get two for $1.19 so you can keep your face covered. I've got, right. I've, we bought a pair of those and that's all I've been using ever since. You know, when I've had to, been forced to. 
But you want to yeah. know something? And, and he sat there. He sat there and looked at the camera and said, this mask is more important than a vaccine. And then he made the ultimate claim that now goes against Fauci and everybody else since the beginning of this. This mask will protect me. And I looked and I said, whoa, you're the people that said, you know, the virus is, if, if, a, if a football field is the size of an opening in your mask, I mean, like just one air opening, and you got right. thousands, hundreds of thousands of those openings, a virus is the size of a football. I mean, you're the mm. one that says yeah. they don't protect you inbound. But now you have the audacity to say on television before the American people, that this mask will protect me even better than Trump's vaccine. That's the implication. You know, the vaccine right. they're working on, it's not going to protect you. He's you playing politics. What is, what is the whole point of it, right? It's a cognitive dissonance. It's mm-hmm. like a psyop. They're, they tell you, yeah, this will protect you. And then the next day they say, oh, this won't protect you at all. Mm-hmm. And then the next day they'll say, well, yeah, this will protect you. Or and this protects somebody else from know. you. Right. People don't know what to believe. The genius, okay, is that they say, no, my mask protects you. Your mask protects me. Mm -hmm. See, So what that is, is now if you don't feel like wearing your mask to protect yourself, that's not the point. Mm -hmm. You have to wear it because of other people. Now you're unloving, but Mm -hmm. you've also opened the door or they've opened the door for people to shame one another into doing it. Exactly. So it's, a, it's very much so turned on its head. Mm-hmm. And and you're seeing other things of compliance, right? Mm-hmm. You're seeing people bending their knee in solidarity to to these other groups, BLM and Antifa yes, and absolutely, all that. Absolutely, absolutely. Let me ask you let me ask you a question. We used to have a, a phrase where people would say, I will bend the knee to no man. Mm-hmm. And what did that mean? That meant we're not going to submit to somebody. Mm. Well, they turned the sign of submission into solidarity. And everybody seems to be bending the knee. Do you remember when Fauci well, said that, those words? He said those very words back in, I think it was June or July, that wearing a mask is a symbol of solidarity that we're in this fight together. Right. His own words. This is a symbol of solidarity. The mask has always been a considered a sign of submission mm-hmm. and a sign of muzzling. Actually, slaves, traders, put them on mm-hmm. uh, blacks that they took as slaves. Um, there's pictures of it. So it has always been a sign of muzzling and submission and that you are a slave. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's supposed to be a solidarity for what? Um, we're, we're attacking each other for not wearing it. So we're looking at a very big picture here yes. of a complete change of society. And I know we talked about things that are, are kind of scary, right? Oh, yeah. And we're going we're gonna to review them in just a moment. By the way, I just want to sure. – a lot of people have made a little comment that they're hearing this as a new radio show and they would like me to mention more frequently during the time on the air – Especially when you're doing a podcast, you know what you're listening to. But right now, if you're listening on shortwave or domestic AM radio station right now, you're going, what is this show? This show is called Truth to Ponder. My name is Bob Bierman, and I'm going to give you a website address to kind of keep in the back of your mind. The website address is truth, the number two, just write the number two in the word ponder.com. Truth, the number two, ponder.com. 
my job on this program where I feel very led is to just bring truth you're not hearing. And not speculation, not some conspiracy theory, just easy to find if you'll take the time, facts to help you out. And and also, I've got this thing against what I call the phony preacher syndrome that are taking advantage of you, trying to sell you their DVDs and books to get you through some crisis. Well, we're not charging a dime. So you just listen, and we're going to help you out. And once again, that is truth, the number two, ponder.com truth the number two ponder.com doctor i should say reverend dr timothy gales is my guest he's been on this week monday and tuesday and i realized i got to bring him back no doubt about it there's we talked about so much and people i know that have already heard the other two broadcasts are they're they're just amazed by what they're hearing and it's simple truth easy to figure out easy to find and we were talking monday and tuesday of this week about some of the things that are being done because of this pandemic that never would happen and people would never willingly consider. And, you know, vaccine is one of them. But you, the term immunity passport has been you know, tossed around there dozens of times, especially by Bill Gates and others. So let's go to that and then we'll just keep moving forward with some of the strange things happening in our world. Well, when you look at a plethora of our articles and so forth, which are, which can all be found, okay, via a search, but when you when you see the articles in the terms of immunity passport, um, vaccine certificate, things like that, there mm-hmm. it's it's Bill Gates. It's also bigger people who are Davos Institutes, World Economic Forum, they're all talking about it because it's part of what they call the fourth industrial revolution. And they literally are using this pandemic. Now, I'm not going to say they caused it. Right. But what I am going to say is this. It most certainly is being used and they're using it to implement something that they had started long before. Mm-hmm. There's something called ID 2020. Absolutely. Our current year. Mm-hmm. That ID 2020 has been being spoken about since 2016 in the mm-hmm. United Nations. They were ready to implement it. And, and even before so that, if you go back to Agenda 2021 or Agenda 21, they were talking about from yeah. 2004 going forward, the need for a global registration of people. Kind of, kind of reminds me of, yep. you know, Caesar trying to tax the whole world back in the time of Christ. I mean, everybody yep. had to comply. Yeah. Absolutely right. And you had no choice. You have to comply or else. I mean, right. And the only way to get somebody to comply, okay, because, and, and let's say hypothetically, this is the mark of the beast, you know? All right. The thing is this that God is not going to hold you accountable if they grab you, hold you to the ground, and stick a needle in your arm and give you a vaccine or a mm-hmm. mark or whatever, mm-hmm. because that's not your will. And, and God is not going to be, make you accountable. Satan wants your soul. Absolutely. And the only way he can get your soul is if you willingly give it to him. You know, there are some... And you have to choose. So even the early church fathers, mm-hmm. Irenaeus, and these individuals would say one of the ways the Antichrist would get to you is through, through your stomach. Mm-hmm. No food. You're not going to be able to buy food. 
you're, you're going to starve. And at some point you might break and say, I can't take it anymore. Just give me the mark so I can get something to mm -hmm, eat. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's always tied with that phrase buying and selling. Well, for the first time ever, you and I are hearing those very words the buying and, and selling. in the very patents themselves. And, and this is what they want to implement. Listen, and, and look, think about this, dear listener. Depending where you live, you may have lived in a state that had a terrible time, or that's what you saw on TV, with COVID-19. And right now, there is an epidemic of, quote, cases and, and what I'm looking at, the other day, I, I think it was Monday of this week, I sat down and I'm looking at, the, I'm spending about an hour and a half going through the case numbers and fatality numbers state by state in the United States and a bunch of countries overseas. And we, we can see beginning in February from like, you know, virtually no cases to that big bell curve rise, and then it came down. That's when testing was done at a certain level for those that were sick. And you could see about a two to three week lag from those cases going up with the curve, the number of people dying from the virus. Then we saw our smaller spike at the beginning of the summer when a lot of places that were under extreme lockdown finally had a chance to get people out and there was a smaller spike that occurred, and a lot of that also happens to time with many of the protests in places like Minneapolis and Portland and Seattle and New York and everywhere else around the country. Uh, you see this smaller spike, and you see right behind it a smaller, but a, still a curve of those that died. Well, now that, but the thing is, here's the problem. As our testing went from 30,000 to 100,000 to 300,000 to like 800,000 or more a day. Well, you, you find these cases, but I'm also beginning to find out and read that a lot of these are false positives with these, with these current tests. And yeah. we really don't have that many people sick. I looked at some of the days of how many people died, you know, like Monday or last Thursday or whatever, or the week before in New York State. You're down to one person can, can you imagine there were days in New York State zero died of COVID-19? Look, right. it's there. It's, it's that way in a lot of places. The case numbers still keep going up, but nobody's but nobody's going to the hospital and dying. You know, no, they, no one's in the hospital, and it, they're asymptomatic. So, which is the new? You know, this, that's called that's called herd immunity, mm -hmm. and what they're doing is they're using herd immunity against us. And they, they're pumping up the fear exactly. with the number. Because, you know, this thing is reading dead virus. This is what we, I, I, let's be careful here. Just so you know, and so you don't get deceived when somebody says, this mask will kill 99% of all germs. Well, a virus is not a germ. A virus is a fraction of the size of a germ or a bacteria. You know, that silver lining or copper lining in the mask is great for bacteria coming from your bad breath and you're reusing a mask all week, but it does nothing for the coronavirus because a virus is not a living organism, period. It is not alive. You cannot kill what never had life. It is nothing but a protein surrounded by a fat that makes up basically, 
a, D, a, a, a tiny DNA structure that gets into a cell and then it alters the DNA of that cell where the cell right. goes rogue and the cell becomes the birthplace for more of this viral garbage. Now, right. if, you, if you've damaged the viral garbage where it can't do anybody any harm, which is what our body's immune system does, these new tests are detecting the, quote, I use the term loosely, dead virus. In other words, the... the uh, virus that cannot infect the virus that can cause no harm the virus that's or being shedded or disposed viruses, or mm-hmm. other viruses coronavirus is your common cold absolutely covid19 is is supposedly a novel virus but coronavirus there's 13 or more types of coronavirus look for a that thing of lysol everyday cold your everyday sickness mm-hmm. and and the fact is you're going to have a hell of the, the tests do not distinguish mm-hmm. so when when everybody gets a runny nose coming up real soon now oh yeah fall, you're going to see cases supposedly skyrocketing. They're not making a distinction. And we can't go to school. Your, your nose cold. And we and can't go to school. And we got to close the schools down. You know, I mean, this is. We're going to shut everything down is mm-hmm. what they're going to do. And, you know, personally, that seems to be the agenda when you see how they're overplaying their authoritarianism. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. And so we look at these things, right? And I say, okay, bigger picture is. Um, if all of this is going on, mm-hmm. what, what do we do as, as Christians? You know, if I'm sitting here and I'm saying, you know, I don't trust the numbers. I, I think a lot of this is overinflated. I see real bad authoritarian stuff happening. And now mm-hmm. I see this agenda to, to track and trace and tag and stamp everybody. And mm-hmm. so what does a Christian do right now in 2020 seeing these things? Look. As a Christian, here's what I do know. I do know, and I know people personally that have actually, quote, had COVID-19. I really do. Mm-hmm. And even some in recent months. And I know how they got it. It wasn't going to the Walmart. It wasn't being at a church. It, I mean, I there were some very specific things that happened. It was definitely not from casual in all the cases that, I, that I've learned. But here's what I do know. They're surviving. Um... We do know that the majority are elderly that do die from this. And the CDC over a weekend thinking that nobody would notice it in some little thing that they're writing, you know, on their website says, oh, by the way, 94% of all those that died of COVID-19 had at least, you know, two to three other uh, comorbidities. And then you... So, and I'm learning, and I knew this when I did some emergency management work early this year, in the early days, before we really understood what was going on, that the people that were dying that in this one county that I was working in, the health director said, the funny thing is, they probably all would be dead in the next month or two anyway. Of the, yep, exactly. And she's going, we're, we're talking people here that are on chemotherapy. Uh, they, yep. they got a very small chance of living. Uh, one guy, uh, four-pack-a-day smoker, alcoholic, liver going bad, and he's 86. And he's On hospice. A, and, uh, yeah, he was. A hospice. Yeah. You know, so you have a hospice patient from smoking and drinking, uh, for, and he's like in his 80s. But he died of COVID-19. And see, this is the problem. You know, this 
wreaked havoc on nursing homes, especially when they send infected people back to the nursing home that was ill-prepared to deal with it. Now, now think of that. Think of that, okay, because that's kind of where my setting is, Mm -hmm. okay? And we were told we've got to do isolate at home two weeks, flatten the curve. Mm -hmm. We want to keep the elderly safe. Yeah, 200 days ago. A directive comes out, not even two weeks into it, and says nursing homes have to prepare for overflow patients with Mm COVID-19. And they sent people with the virus to nursing homes yep. where there were massive death counts because they needed the numbers especially in new york were. new jersey connecticut comes to mind murderers it's murder mm-hmm. it was complete murder on the parts of those who issued this without thinking and they knew oh, come on how can you not know the consequences of yeah. that we had a hospital ship that uh, could have thousands of people and it only had like 120 in it we had military hospitals tents set up All nobody over. in them they were empty this empty, is and yet we sent people to nursing homes mm-hmm. i know think of this I know. So, so what I'm saying is something's not right. Yeah. There's something not right. And I can't say I know it exactly what it is. Yeah. But I can say this. We've been given enough discernment, okay, to Amen. understand something's going on. So when you're confronted with that, which you don't quite understand, my philosophy is you fall back on what you do. Right. Right. And you do understand some of these basic things that you can document. You do understand what scripture says. Yeah. Love not the world, neither mm-hmm. the things in the world, mm-hmm. right? Because the world is not your friend and it's not your home. I know. Yes. It is it is and if you if you love the world, the love of the father is not in you. That's right. That's a big self-check. It is. It is. By the way, this is Truth to Ponder. we got to take a break. I'm looking at the clock. We're just about to hit it. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more of this. We'll talk briefly about the what I would call the Book of Revelation implications of what's going on. But I want to switch gears. We, we talked a lot earlier this week about the pandemic, about the potential. You could see a mark of the beast scenario. You can see... You can see the Antichrist beginning to raise his ugly head in power in this world. We know the spirit of Antichrist has been here uh, for 2,000 years. We know that. But we're Mm -hmm. seeing things in our world today that we've never seen before. But I want to switch gears. And instead of putting you into fear, we're going to give you some real hope right here on Truth to Ponder. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to the second half of the Friday and weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. My guest coming on in just a moment again is my good friend, the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales. And he's been one of those people that I've been following. He's like me. You do the research, you learn, you read a lot dig beneath the headlines if you want to live deceived just live off the headlines and you will never know what in the world is going on and that's the purpose of this program truth to ponder 
And if you want to find the website, it's easy to get to. It's the word truth, the number two, and the word ponder, truth2ponder.com, truth2ponder.com. And you can email me at bob at truth, the number two, ponder.com, truth2ponder.com. Also, for those that would like to use regular U.S. mail, you can reach me at our address here in Georgia. We are up in our little retreat away from the big town, and we can be reached at 21 Berkshire Lane. That's B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, and at number 263, we have in our little community up here kind of a strange box numbering system so it's 21 berkshire lane number 263 in sky valley georgia sky valley two words georgia zip code is 30537 one last time 21 berkshire lane number 263 sky valley georgia 30537 My guest, as I said before, in the first half hour and earlier this week twice is Dr. Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales. And I want to welcome you back in our second segment here. This has been an interesting conversation, and I'm sure that over the weeks ahead, Timothy, there's going to be a lot more of these, wouldn't you say? And if people are are interested in reaching you because they've heard what you have to say, and maybe they have a question... You have an email address that you said you'd be willing to give out, so go for it. All right. So you could reach me at Dr. Tim Heart to Heart. That's the number two at gmail.com. That's Dr. Tim Heart to Heart, mm-hmm. the number two at gmail.com. All right, very good. And you can reach him there. All right, we've talked Monday and Tuesday in the first half of this program. All the negative and scary stuff that, you know, this virus tracking, uh, these patents, and if people remember the show earlier, the actual honest-to-goodness, no fake, no funny news, no made-up stuff off a website of 060606, uh, that wonderful one from Microsoft. I'm not saying that's the beast, but it makes you think. But isn't there hope for people that are in Christ? that we shouldn't be worrying about this. And and we're going to talk about two things in theology in just a moment, but regardless of your eschatology, why would a Christian live in fear? There's my first question. Why should a Christian live in fear? They shouldn't. Well, it's interesting because... You know, Timothy tells us that he hasn't, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Um, Paul wrote to, in 2 Corinthians, in chapter 2, he said, mm-hmm. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And mm-hmm. so we're reading, we're looking at things, so that we're not ignorant of his devices. We know that we are in a battle in this life, and it is a spiritual one, including this pandemic, these patents, these newscasts that the world are given. Listen, there is a parallel 
invisible world going on mm-hmm. at the same time. And in that world dwells the angelic realm and the fallen angels. Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. We, so we are in this constant struggle. But I like to remind myself of this, Bob, in Second Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And then Paul goes right into this. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Amen. Cast down, but not destroyed. Mm-hmm. And he follows it up by saying, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us far more exceeding an eternal weight mm-hmm. of glory. Amen. And you betcha it does. Amen. And that we're confronted with these things no matter what happens. Persecution, anything, just like Paul said. All of this and our suffering in this world is working for us something eternal. And we it's how we meet it and how we handle it. It's being faithful to Christ and holding on to him. And we've seen this in the history of the church. They're doing it in China now. Mm -hmm. In Russia, they did it. I mean, you have the catacomb churches, which are still existing in Russia as well as China. And really what they were was the whole idea of the catacomb churches. It was really somebody who begins to pray at home because they've realized there's corruption or there's being monitoring going mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. in the local churches. So they begin to just stay home and pray at home. And that develops into what we call a house church. As a matter of fact, Paul uses that exact term, the house church, in yes, Romans 16.5. And the whole catacomb church is precisely an immense multitude of house churches. And each one of them is most concerned with how to be secret and unnoticed. And there is no centralism, really, because then they'd be able to destroy it. That's it's right. God's faithful people, the church. And you may not know. That in your very neighborhood, there's another one happening, and you don't even know it. And yes. you're doing one, too. Absolutely. So, Amen. Yes. Yes. You know, th- there's been something. I'm glad we're talking about this. And, and we're here, we'll probably do it again next week. I can already see that happening. But here's one of the things that, that, that just comes to my mind. We in the United States, in particular, and I would say the same is true for the the UK, Australia, Canada, much of the Western European world for for hundreds of years. I mean, let's get past all the stupidity that happened in the church over the centuries where man gets in the way and messes things up. You follow? But let's get to the serious stuff right now. We, as Christians, are called to be in this world, but not of the world. And I think we forget that. In the United States, we've tried to have the church as being a part of our world. And it all sounds good. But it's also been fraught with its own difficulties. There's no doubt in my mind about that. I I can think of churches that like to be run like, you know, good old Americans want their church run. Uh, I can think of one that I know right now, very familiar with. They have an executive committee, and you can imagine how non-scriptural an executive committee of a church is. And, and, and I'm sorry, maybe you're a Baptist listening, maybe you're a Presbyterian or a Methodist, and you, you have this feeling that the church council is the ultimate authority over God. 
And I'm about to say something now that's going to offend a lot of people. And I prayed about even using this term on the radio. And, you know, you're making Jesus a bonded slave when you do that. You're trying to make him your slave. He does not answer to your church council. He does not answer to any church body's conventions where they vote on theology. His word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the same. He's not going to change because, well, we had a committee of a subcommittee pass a resolution that we discussed for the last two years, and so we have decided that this point of Scripture does not apply to us. Or. You know, and, and I, these executive committees, they will tell a pastor what he can and cannot preach on. Well, because here's the thing. It's a problem. Executive committees, councils, when times get tough in any state or any uh, authoritarianism, mm-hmm. they go bye-bye, okay? And then you have priests or ministers or bishops or all three trying yeah. to hold their ground. And when priests or ministers did not hold their ground in the past... Mm-hmm. Or presbyters, okay, you want to use the term... single person. For some people, the term person. presbyter might you know, be a better scriptural term. Better than, term. Yeah, so than, a minister, presbyter, if they didn't hold their ground, mm-hmm. then it was an individual or a lay person that preserved the truth. Let us hope in God, okay? Our hope is only in mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Because my strength is made perfect in weakness. Yes. And in the catacomb churches, okay, is the remnant. Of the church. It always has been. Despite all the attempts of Soviet Russia or China or any authoritarian regime, any doctrine regime has not been able to annihilate that remnant up to this time. And never will. Look, God, Mm -hmm. God's word claims that he always will have his people. In about mm, about a week and a half ago, maybe it's about a week and a half ago, I had a guy as a guest in the program, and his name is Dr. Michael Brown, and he's with Ask Dr. Brown Ministries, and, and I had a great conversation with him about people getting into this replacement theology nonsense, and it always goes back to God is a keeper of his promises, period. God is never an Indian giver. God does never back off on a promise. God will never break a promise. And, you know, so what does God promise those that have called upon his son, Jesus Christ? That's that we, we are saved to the uttermost, period. Yep. It's not we're saved partway. It's not that we're maybe saved. You either are or you're not. And see, I think in this world today, and this is the presbyter. I use that term because some people, you know, that listen, well, I don't like that word priest. And I understand it I because it gets misused. You know, a presbyter, a priest, and a pastor just wrap them all in one. Essentially, the same thing. Those that lead mm-hmm. in a local assembly, whether that local assembly assembly is in a big building or whether it's meeting in the living room of your house. I mean, it is an assembly. And... We are coming to a time of a big falling away. We've been watching it transpire before our eyes over the last 50 years. Every year, the number of people that go to a church is declining in the Western world. It started in Europe, accelerated in Great Britain and Canada, and the U.S. is you know coming right along with it. It's following this pattern of chasing after 
the things of man and not the things of God. Uh, the idea of a family is less important. The things of God are being mocked. You know, we're going to make science our new God. Science is mm. our God. Well, I, I'm a very scientifically minded person, and it comes from an engineering background, which is where I spent a lot of my life. And I see the order and the design in this world that God has given us. But I also see the sin. I also see the spirit of the Antichrist. And I know a lot of people are worried. You know, that we, you got two in, in basic Protestantism 101. You, gotta, you have a few different views of eschatology, that big fancy word for the end times. You got some people that are what are called pre-trib um, millennialists. And they believe that before things get bad, the entire church is just magically raptured out and they're gone. So all these terrible things like the mark of the beast, these terrible things like internment camps, these terrible things of being killed for Jesus' name, they're not going to happen to them. That's what they've been told. Then you got some that believe that you got to, we'll go halfway through it. Some believe we'll go all the way through it and we'll usher in the kingdom. And there's some that believe that everything in Revelation somehow is fulfilled by 77 A.D. And the truth is, the truth lies somewhere in between all of the extremes. If you're, mm-hmm. really, if you're really honest with yourself, you're grabbing a piece of Revelation, a piece of all the prophetic scriptures in the Old Testament, a piece of what Jesus says, and you're running with just a small piece, and you're not right. looking at the bigger picture. And I mean, well, I would the, the, say bigger pictures like holding a diamond up and turning it, and you see the different facets. Um, Jesus said in, in Revelation, he's the one who was and mm-hmm. is, is and, and is, is to, be. to come. Mm-hmm. Past, present, future. That's what you're going to interpret in, mm-hmm. in the end time. There are things that have happened already, but there's things that are going on now, and there ultimately will be a whole lot of things in the future. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, regardless, though, Bob, I, I can at least give this consolation from my part. Um, having, therefore, these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. That, Amen. to Amen. me is our objective, no matter what your eschatological point of view. Exactly. Exactly. And and the point, and here's the point. There are things happening, and, and God is speaking to not just me, but thousands of people across the United States at the same time, and across the United Kingdom, and across Australia, and across countries in Africa that I talk to. There's something happening if that makes any sense to you. There's something happening where God is is calling upon his people and preparing us for such a special time. The one thing that God tells us in his word, Jesus says it as he speaks to the various churches. The seven churches of Asia Minor are a great lesson in the type of the churches you will find today. They'll be like one of the seven or even a combination of more than one attribute, both good and bad. But the one church that God really tells us through his son, Jesus Christ, he hates, it's the lukewarm church. They're neither hot nor cold. They're just there on Sunday, and they're the ones with their executive committees and their fine raiments. And, but if things get really tough, well, we'll just stay home. They're the ones that, if the weather's bad, they're home. If there's something better on TV, like a, a football game, they'll skip. 
you know the type. They're the lukewarm. They're not going to. They'll never debate theology. Oh, we never talk about religion. I would never share my faith with anybody. And I'm reminded right. what Jesus says: those who deny me before others, I will deny them before my Father. We forget that. But we don't want to embarrass ourselves. We want to be good people in this world. We don't want to cause trouble. By the way, this is Truth to Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Website, truth2ponder.com. Truth2ponder.com. My guest is the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales. Good friend, and he's becoming a regular on this program. I'm going to be encouraging him to reach out and and start doing some material of his own in the not-too-distant future. And um, we're going to make it happen, Tim. I just really believe that God has called you for such a time as this. And to have you as someone as an asset to this program has been a lifesaver. What are some of the words of encouragement? I, I just believe that God is getting ready to tell his church to start backing off from this world don't worry about Facebook. You may just want to let it go. Twitter, it's just where, where people just get hate, you know, full of hate and argument. We'll have our own platforms. We'll have our own way of communicating. And as we get closer to these terrible times, I believe what the Bible has promised, places of our own sanctuary in the midst of all these troubles and trials. What? What are some of the thoughts of hope that you feel? I know many will be asked to be martyred. There's no doubt about that. But I think God has got a plan. And what what are your thoughts? Absolutely. God has a plan. Look, some we know will be martyred, right? And we know martyrdom will come, but God will bring that to those who he believes can handle that mm-hmm. and he will knows. be able to sustain it. Mm-hmm. Those of us who can't uh, or feel they can't, God will protect, but you got to run. You know, when when Jesus said, you see the abomination desolation in the, in the setting itself up in the temple, mm-hmm. go out and form a militia. No, he didn't say that. He no. said, run, run to the hills. Don't take anything with you. As mm-hmm. I said last time, you know, Paul was lowered in a basket out a window to get the heck out of Dodge. Absolutely. Getting bad. So that's not cowardly. That's preserving the church. You run and you hide and you say, well, wait a minute. I'm used to my nice house in America with my refrigerator and my food and my, you know, all the, what am I going to do out in the wilderness? You never know. If you may find a place, you know, I, I, the scripture. Who knows? It could be a place God prepared. God promises to protect you. He does. He I mean, I, I to really, provide for you. I tell you, I, I really believe at times firmly that God is preparing you and I talked about this earlier this week, and after we talked, I, I started having some almost nightmares about this, about the cities becoming the place that the church is going to be leaving. And mm-hmm. it's the place where those that want to serve the beast will be wanting to go into the trendy cities. They'll go to the suburbs to get away from the crime, and as you pointed out, then they're going to rebuild these cities and make them where everybody wants to come back in to these places. Because everything yeah, you well, need is going to be there, and you know the and the country folk, the farmers, and those that are hiding in the place God has prepared. It, the Lord just laid it on my heart to, to be very blunt. He said, "You'll be hiding in plain sight. You'll be right out there where you could be seen, but you will be protected. Even the wild beast won't bother you," as He said in His Word. He made those promises before too. In other words. But you got to put your full faith and trust, not part, 
it's like like the story I remember a pastor sharing when I was just a little child in, in a sermon about a fire in Brooklyn, New York, and a little girl trapped on the third floor, and you couldn't get up there in that old brownstone building. There was no way to get to her. She was going to have to jump. And she was afraid of jumping into that big net that they have there until she heard her father's voice who had gotten out and said, it's okay. She heard her father's voice and she trusted and she jumped and she was saved. Yep. And this is where it's coming. This is where it is for the church today. I'm telling you, God is calling you. It, he is. And and the one thing I always remember is uh, a minister said to me a long time ago, he said, Tim, you never know what you have in Jesus mm-hmm. until Jesus is all you have. That's right. Amen. You know, I just want people to not fear this end time. I know people will say, oh, but if the mark's coming, well, I hope the rapture, well, the rapture may not be there. I'm one that is not counting on it. I've never never believed in one to begin with. But I don't need a get-out-of-tribulation-free card to know that my Savior is looking out for me. I don't need some, you know, I, I, I don't need to have to run away from the reality of this world. I just have to be able to run to where God has said to go. That's what we all we're all being asked to do. I think... Timothy, you said it so well that God will call those to be martyred that he knows should be martyred and will be. The early church, we, we forget this in America. People that were in their 30s and they'd be writing something were, were just upset that they had not yet given their life for the faith. They thought, they thought they were unworthy Christians of all things. That's how it was back in the day. Timothy, we're about ready to run out of time here in today's program. And, and I think there's a lot of people. I want you to give your, your email address one more time real quick, if you would. You can reach me by typing in Dr. Tim Heart to Heart with the number two at gmail.com. That's Dr. Tim Heart to Heart, the number two at gmail.com. Now, is that a DR or the word doctor? DR. Okay, DR Tim Heart number two heart at gmail.com yes Tim I want you to take a moment and just about a minute or less give a give a prayer of encouragement to those that are saying you know Bob Tim you're saying things that I've known in my heart to be true I know we're going to have our own places and platforms this radio program right here is going to be a method to start connecting us and I'm going to find others that are trying to connect others and I want you to lead our people in prayer, if you'd be so kind, to that we will do what God is calling us and his church to do in this age. Father, you have promised uh, to give us wisdom if we ask. And we know that it is in only in your light that we can see light. And so, Lord, we ask that you would surround us with your favor as with a shield and give us wisdom, light, and direction as we seek to not only navigate these times ourselves, but to bring as many as we can to you as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, our guest on the program today, the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales. I want to thank him for being on the program. If you'd like to find out more, 
visit our website, which is truth2ponder.com. That is truth2ponder.com. Our mailing address right now in Georgia is 21 Berkshire Lane. That's 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, Berkshire Lane. And you have to add the number 263, and that is in Sky Valley, Georgia. Zip code is 30537. 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. In Sky Valley, Georgia, zip code 30537. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.